Again, if this is your first time listening in, welcome to the Move Swiftly podcast. To all of my regular listeners, you know how we roll, man. You know how we get down. We get people on this show that drop some absolute gems. And just before I even introduce them, I got to just tell you how life works and how important it is to have the right circle around you. For you people who, for anyone who's read my first book, Swiftly, I mentioned a name in that book. His name is Kendall Ficklin. Kendall Ficklin, I used to constantly listen to his words, just constantly listen to his content, right? So he had this thing in which he had a group call every Saturday morning where there was just a bunch of people that I had no idea who they were. And I would just go on, listen, if I could make it, this, that, and the third. And this guy got, you know, got to talking and man, he was hitting some points. So I found him on Facebook, find him on Facebook, message him, and I don't hear back. And then, as you guys know, you know, again, my regular listeners, you guys have heard from Taj quite a bit. And you know the, the self-published in 30 days and all that stuff. It turns out that this same guy now is part of the sales team of self-published in 30 days, just a couple months later. His name is Mr. Y, Mr. YB, <laughs> Youngblood, Robert Youngblood. That's it, Robert Youngblood, also known as YB, the LinkedIn locksmith. I mean, if I was to sit up here and tell you about all of the things that he's accomplished, we, the intro would probably be three or four minutes. So I won't do that. With all that, Mr. YB, what's happening? What's up, Ashwan, man? Appreciate the opportunity to be here with you, bro. And uh, yeah, man, you, you, you got the story partially correct, man. I saw your message. I think I might have hit you with, you know, what prompted you to hit me, hit me up. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I rarely, I rarely ghost people, but uh, but I, I, I realized that uh, I might have had you sitting in the queue for a little bit. So I, I apologize. I, I apologize to you in front of your listeners. But it, it wasn't ghosting because we found each other on Instagram and then you messaged me. I didn't right. make the connection until until you messaged me back on Facebook. Right. So, you know, right. we were talking. I was like, wait a minute. That, I sent that message months ago. And that yes. that's just how it works. You know, for you guys listening in, look, you got to be grinding. If you ain't grinding, these kinds of connections and these kinds of things won't happen. It just won't happen. So that that's really kind of the basis of what we're going to talk about is like just putting yourself around the right circle of people and going after your thing. And you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, no, absolutely. One thousand percent, man. You know, and the fact that the fact that you sent me that message was 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 clutch because most people just sit you with the friend request. And then it just sits there, right? And so they never really, right, right. they never go the next step further to introduce themselves, right? Hey, I heard you on this podcast or I heard you on, you know, this call or, or, or so you speak somewhere. I would love to connect and build a, a professional relationship. Most people don't go that route. So it's kind of like they, they kind of leave the person 
figuring, okay, well, why does this person send me a friend request, right? And so I think what's important, and I'm glad that we're, we have this opportunity to touch on this first, is because one of the things that I teach my clients is the importance of communication, right? So you cannot, you cannot assume that because you sent somebody a friend request, a follow, a LinkedIn connection, that they're going to know why you are reaching out to them. Right. And even though even though we may have some common connections, that really means nothing in the sense of how are you and I connected? You, you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so I'm exactly. to teach people how to be direct and how to communicate what, what it is that they want. Uh, even if they own a business and they're looking to sell something, that's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But just be direct. Don't don't hide right. and not uh, not share what it is that you want with people because people are going to leave, they're going to ignore it. They, 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 you know, folks are dealing with folks on the real, like real people, not folks that just want to connect just to be connected, if that makes sense. Right. And I'm not sure if every time I talk, is there an echo that you hear? I don't hear an echo. No. All right, cool. So I guess it's just, it's just something that was on my mind. All right. But yeah, you know, again, you said it right. And, and I'm glad you started off with that because, that is really the basis of how this show was built and you know we're well in our second season now it's we've we've come a long way so with that YBF I know you're from the Bronx New York and you know I, I went to Stony Brook University I got a ton of family in Brooklyn New York is was like a second home to me growing up and I really want to start it off there with you, you know from the Bronx New York to Virginia Union you know what was that process like what made you come all the way out to Virginia and and kind of build your, your lifestyle there? What, what happened? How, how'd you end up in Virginia Union? Yeah, so I, I, I take it back to the essence, right? So I, I grew up in a single parent home. Uh, my mom worked double time, overtime, triple time uh, for the telephone company. For those who are from New York, they remember 9X, New York Tell, uh, you know, and now is you know, Verizon. Um, but I grew up in a single parent home. My father was murdered when I was two. And so growing up in that situation, um, you know, I was always encouraged to go to college, right? My mom didn't go to college. My grandparents didn't go to college. My father didn't go to college. So I essentially was the first in my immediate family to go to college. And I had some cousins and, and you know, my, my sister on my father's side, uh, you know, she went to college, but, you know, nobody in my immediate, immediate family went to college. And so it was always encouraged that I, you know, that I go. And so you know, all my life, my mom put me in positions to develop uh, me as a leader. So I was always going into some leadership development uh, opportunities, whether it was scouting, whether it was, you know, a, a, a Jobs for Youth, which was a, a youth serving organization that provided uh, internship and training opportunities. I was always involved in something leadership, which kept me off the block. You know what I'm saying? It kept me off the block and it allowed me to get exposed to different resources and different opportunities. And so one opportunity was uh, a black college tour that was put on by the men of of Omega Psi Phi fraternity out of Harlem, New York. And so as a result of that uh, opportunity that that came about, I was able to visit 11 schools in seven days during the winter of of 1996, right? And so uh, February, 1996, uh, we traveled down, we start, uh, in Greensboro and work our way up to Baltimore. We see 11 schools in seven days. Uh, we end up at Virginia Union University. And, you know, uh, you know, we, we would dress uh, suit and tie, you know, ladies had on their, their skirts, blouses and things of that nature. 
And we was tired. We was dead tired. You know, we had seen a bunch of schools up at that point. But when the uh, admissions officer mentioned the requirements for obtaining a full scholarship, presidential scholarship, uh, I woke up. I was literally sleeping and I woke up. He said, you need a 10, uh, a, a, a thousand, excuse me, a thousand on the SATs and a 90, a 98 uh, uh, grade point average, right? Uh, no, excuse me, uh, 89, 89 grade point average at that time, right? Right. So I had a 1050 and I had an 87 grade point average, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, I, my sales career started at that time. Like I, w- I was following yeah. I was like, listen, I need you at this. I need to be at the school. And so a few yeah. weeks later, I received uh, two letters in the mail. The first letter was my admissions into the school, uh, brand new student. And then the next letter was a letter stating that I was uh, the recipient of the presidential scholarship. And so because I grew up in a single wow. family, because my father was murdered when I was two, because I was the first in my immediate family to go to college, I decided to go to Virginia Union. That's how I made the transition from uh, the Bronx to Richmond, Virginia. But, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there who grow up without their fathers. In fact, a, a, a colleague of ours who was on this show a couple of weeks ago, Ms. Daphne, talked about Daphne Tolbert, just, you know, yeah, Daphne Tolbert. She talked about how she lost her parent, her, her kid's husband. I mean, mm-hmm. her, her former husband and her kid's father. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's kind of this tendency for younger boys out there to make an excuse to not make something of themselves because their quote unquote father isn't around. But mm-hmm. you clearly didn't make that excuse. Can you just touch on a little bit how, you know, how you were able to take a different route? Yeah, well, here's the thing is, I, I don't really think it's an excuse, it's real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because you go yeah, through yeah, excuse is probably the wrong word. Yeah, no, you go through you go through emotional trauma, which which yeah. it, it enables you or or dis, it, it discourages you from taking chances, right? But the beauty of it yeah. was, my mom from the beginning made sure that that she put solid men in my life to help fill the gap, right? So yes. if, a, if a young boy doesn't have that, it's very difficult to manufacture something that you don't, you don't perceive you have. It's like, I mean, for the longest time, I would look in the mirror and I didn't even know what I looked like because I didn't, mm. because I didn't, I'd never seen my father. Like I said, my father was murdered when I was two. I seen pictures, but I'm going to be real. I, I could be walking down the street and my man could walk past me and I wouldn't even know that was him. You know what I mean? And so, so wow. I, think, I think the reality is that people go through that trauma and if they don't have things to fill the gap, then it's easy to miss opportunities or not take advantage of opportunities. I mean, I'm telling you, my mom, my mom, even in third grade, like my mom was like, listen, we can move and Mm -hmm. you can get your own room because we was living in a one bedroom apartment in the South Bronx. You know, she had the apartment. I was sleeping on the pullout, pullout couch, right? So she was like, listen, we can move you can have your own room, but you would you would stay in you would have to stay in public school, or I could send you to Catholic school. We stay here, and uh, you just you know you just make the best of it, and then I'll give you my room when you turn sixteen. So she she you know she hit me with that boo game, right? Uh, but, so I was like, I knew how important education was. I said, my it's cool, man. I don't mind if you invest in my education. And so I ended up transitioning from public school to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and so. You know, that that was the beginning. Right. So being in a position where I started, you know, uh, leveling up in terms of academics, 
getting involved in different activities, uh, getting exposed to different people. Uh, and then from there, I ended up going to high school, a Catholic high school in the Bronx. Shout out to my people at Mount St. Michael Academy. And that opened up some more doors. You know what I'm saying? And so exactly. I think, I think, I think if my mom didn't have the foresight to put me in environments where I was exposed to people who are, were making moves, I would have been right on the yeah. street. Like a lot of the guys that I was running with, you feel me? Like real exactly. Talk, and and I, I was one, I, I love one decision away from, from making okay. that move. You know what I'm saying? I was one decision away yeah. from making that move. Yeah. And, and what stopped you though, is two things. It's the foresight. And then the gap was filled by men who were, who made it a point not to let you go that far. You know, there's only, and, and I, I quoted this the other day. It's, I believe Tupac said, it's not about how you're raising your child, but it's about how we raise these children yeah. because these children is who we need. You know, he, he just said it one decision away, guys, one decision away. And that's it. I mean, the, we're going to talk about all the great accomplishment accomplishments that he's had thus far, but he was at one point, one decision away and we would have lost a ton of things, a ton of opportunities, a ton of doors that he's opened. Right. So it's important that we get a hold of that as we move forward. I don't I do not want to brush that off. I don't want to brush off the fact that one decision away and there was a lot of trauma, a lot of things that he could have went. There was a lot of ways that he could have went, but it was a matter of, look, I'm going to stay focused and got to give moms another shout out for actually putting that decision on your head to say, look, we yeah. can go one in bedroom and I can pay for your education. And you you honestly had the foresight to say, oh, education is going to last forever. Yeah. Right. We don't need this. You know, this is something that we can improve. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're at Virginia Union with that mentality. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, what you learned at Virginia Union and how it led to speak up and all the YB connects and all, yeah. all the great things. Every time I look up, I see you doing some big things. So can you just talk a little bit about what happened when you got to college? Absolutely, man. So so eventually I'm going to change my name to uh, to our Thaddeus Youngblood. Like so my middle name is Thaddeus. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Or Thaddeus Youngblood. So people, most people know me, Robert T. Youngblood, or or Rob, or you know. But but the R would then transition from Robert to Resilience, because that's Ooh. what I learned when I went to Virginia Union. You see, it took me eight years to finish a four-year degree. It took me oh, eight man. years to finish a four-year degree. So here's the reality. So somebody might say, well, how is it that it took you eight years to finish a four-year degree when you came to college on a full scholarship? And I tell them, I'm glad you asked because. I got the full scholarship. My first year was a breeze, right? My first year was a breeze. I finished with a 3.6 GPA. I was good. Like I was, I came back sophomore year. I was smelling myself. I thought I was sweet. I, I was, I, I took math as a major uh, after mm -hmm. changing from accounting. Um, I started, you know, I was, I didn't have the discipline. I was a social butterfly. I was engaging a whole lot of people, not really studying. I got to my sophomore year. And uh, I ended up uh, getting a D in an accounting class at the end of my sophomore year. And that set me back because I needed to maintain a 3.3 GPA and I got a 3.275. And as a result, they, they, I had to give the scholarship back, right? I used to say I lost the scholarship, but I didn't lose the scholarship. The stipulation was you only keep the scholarship if you maintain a 3.3. I got a 3.275. The first question I asked, you know, and most people ask me is, couldn't they round it up? I was like, yeah, same question. Like, well, couldn't you round it up? They weren't, they weren't interested in rounding it up. So 
that was a major blow setback for me, which caused some additional spiraling. Um, so what should have, what I should have finished college in 2000, uh, ended up leaving school at the end of 2000, December 2000, came back home to New York, was there in New York for 18 months, experienced 9-11, lived in three different locations uh, over that 18 month period, made the decision to go back and then came back to school in 2002 and made a decision that I was gonna finish in two years and finish in 2004. So what started in 1996 with a black college tour and me receiving a full scholarship ended in 2004 with a greater resolve uh, to bounce back from adversity. And so that, that was the catalyst for me to be able to do a lot of the things that I, that I do now. Uh, when I graduated from college, one of the first things that I did was I got started in a, in a direct sales business. Uh, I, I went in and I owned an Amway business. Uh, went into ownership for an Amway. Business. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout which, out to which, Amway, man. Which, I was IBO for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Which at the time was called Quickstar. So shout out to the old school people who understand what Quickstar is. But but anyway, so I did that, and then and then, but but before that, I got I pledged a fraternity. So I, I mentioned how the Omegas was the ones who opened up the door for me to get to Virginia Union, but it was the Alphas who helped me to transition into manhood and to grow as a, as a professional, as a, who I am today. And so as a result of that uh, affiliation, I was able to connect with an older alpha brother who became a business mentor of mine, who helped me to get involved in the Amway business. Uh, shout out to uh, Brit Worldwide, BWW. And, and that helped me to develop the communication, leadership and networking skills that I, that I, that I focus on today. And so as a result, it just, oh, I just started seeing opportunities and, and, and because of resilience, I had the, the, the fortitude and the desire to seek out entrepreneurial endeavors. And that led me to, uh, to where I am today. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite speakers is e. E. Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. Yep. And he says it in one of his speeches, it took me 12 years to get a four year degree yep. or something like that. And I think in many ways, it's very important that a lot of people get a hold of that because there's so many people that go to school just and go through the motions yeah. and you do it just because you don't want your parents fussing at you, but you are wasting so much time and money because you're just going to go. Yeah. But when someone hits, like, <laughs> I could not imagine being at a 3.275 yeah. and getting kicked off and actually even wanting to go back, first of all. Yeah, it was, but it was definitely, that, it was happened to you. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, it was definitely one of the hardest moments, and I had so many more after that, which was crazy. That's why that's why I say my my first name would be resilience because you know I'm saying you know Mike Mike Tyson say all the time, man, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and so I'm like, dude, I got punched in the mouth so much, I should have mm -hmm. I should have just quit. But one of my favorite movies is Rocky. I love I love the Rocky movies, and so Rocky would go through so much that doggone adversity. And then after a while, he find the gumption, he find the strength on the inside of him, and it prompted him to, 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 to come and fight back, man. And that's why he would always win. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I figured that, that, that if it happened for Rocky, it could happen for me. Not only that, but if, have you ever heard the story about how Sylvester Stallone sold the script? Oh, yeah, uh, no question. on that script for years. For years. <laughs> and yeah, for years. Nobody would take it, and he just kept getting it. Yeah, then he was like, I'm going to just go ahead and do it myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just go ahead and take it into my own hands and, and put it out there myself, man. So, yeah, we, we got to do that, man. But I will say, you know, as a result of going through that adversity, uh, what I've learned, and this is what I teach folks whenever I speak, is that the adversity that you go through really has nothing to do with you. 
right? It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you overcoming it so you can help other people overcome. So when I look at my, my previous situation, you know, uh, gave my scholarship back, grew up in a single parent home, father was murdered when I was two, you know, it took me eight years to finish a four year degree. All of those things are experiences that allows me to relate to a lot more people and it increases my value mm -hmm. on this earth. And so because I understand that, then what I do is I go out and I find ways to add value by sharing my story, which allows me to connect with people, pull them in, and then go help them go to the next level based on the direction that I'm going, right? So for example, if you and I are traveling from Stony Brook to, to Richmond, Virginia, we're going in the same direction, right? We're going, we're going from North to South. Now, if at this point, once right, you go right, to right. Virginia, you decide to go, go to California, hey, you're going in another direction. I'm not going in that direction, but I got, I, I got you to a point where we, at least uh, we rode together and then we, we, we separate and you go your way and I go my, my, my way. And that's how, that's how life is. Right. And that, that kind of leads me into what I want to talk to you about next is you have a book titled Speak Up. You know, just the title in itself is, man, it really, really, really triggered. It really triggered me because of all the things that I've been working towards. So how did that project come about? Oh, absolutely. So so shout out to the Black Speakers Network, Brian J. Olds, uh, my homeboy, Marshall Fox. So uh, you mentioned Eric Thomas, man, in 2016. Uh, I, I, I was blessed with the opportunity to meet Dr. Eric Thomas in person, uh, got into his community. Uh, but this was after uh, I, I experienced a mental health challenge, right? So I, I was on the verge of suicide at, towards the end of 2015, and I was seeking motivation. And I went into YouTube and I found ET. I didn't know who ET was, but I, you know, I, I attracted ET. Ended up going to his conference in St. Louis. And I built some phenomenal relationships, which included my, my, one of my best friends, my brother, Marshall Fox, right? And so Marshall Fox is the uh, head of 120 Design Studio. And, uh, and we- Oh, wait, I, I met him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. as you said 120, I had a conversation. Yeah. So, he, so he was the one who was the catalyst for facilitating a connection between me and Brian Olds, who is the founder and uh, CEO of Black Speakers Network. And so mm -hmm. Brian and I, we, we started building relationships, we started collaborating. And then he, the, Brian approached me about being in a book, you know, to be able to share some insight regarding LinkedIn and how LinkedIn can help speakers to enhance their network and net worth. And so I was gladly, I gladly submitted a chapter, uh, which made me a published author uh, as a result. And I love being able to promote that piece of work because there are a ton of speakers, namely African-American speakers, who, you know, they, they go through trials and tribulations attempting to figure out how to build a speaking business when that one book is literally a manual to support speakers in their desire to develop a solid speaking business. And so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that work. Uh, it opened up some additional doors. And so not only am I an author with that project, but I'm now in the process of developing a second co-author book project that I'm leading called Collaboration Creates Currency, a blueprint for visibility, credibility, and profitability. And that's that's being published through self-publishing 30 days. So I'm just I'm just grateful just for the opportunities to do what I do as a connector. And uh, and so yeah, that book is a, is a phenomenal read and a phenomenal resource.
Well, one of the things that has intrigued me about the book, and you know, you say this a lot in Clubhouse, and I want to I want to make sure everyone gets it, is you have your daughter follow up with the people that buy a book. And, you know, I, I, just as I've been listening to you, you know, talk about the relationship that you have with your mother and the things that, you know, you went through, I think that's an incredible, incredible thing that you do. Can you touch on that a little bit of why it's important or why it was so important for you that, you know, she does, she's a part of the process? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a time period in my life where I worked at a, a career college here in Richmond, Virginia, that focused on skilled trades and allied health. And as I began to, to uh, promote the book again, because the book, the book initially uh, launched in 2019, uh, and I, I decided to go full-time again in my business, YB Connects, in, um, in March of 20, 2021. And so what I realized was, as a result of being exposed to this work that I was doing with skilled trades, that I realized my mom was in the skilled trades, right? She was a technician for the telephone company, right? So she had to use her hands. And so what I chose to do was attach a cause to my book sales. So a portion of the proceeds that are produced from the sale of my book uh, through me, a portion of that goes to a scholarship to support women of color who may have a desire to go to trade school and get into careers like welding, HVAC, electrical, things of that nature. But I also wanted to put uh, my, my kids and my daughters in a position to learn how to develop their communication skills and to, to be exposed to entrepreneurship. So what I chose to do was create an opportunity that for each book that sold, um, have my daughters to reach out to the buyers of the book, especially because you know I get the contact information when people buy it. And so it allows them to develop their confidence, their communication skills, because I know for a fact, especially in the work that I do, those are the skills that that pay the bills, you know, being able to communicate, being able to build relationships, being able to lead. Those are the things that that lead to uh, outstanding outcomes. And so if I can get them started on that early, then once they get to 18, 19, 20, they, they, they'll already have mastered the thing that that keeps most adults back because they lack communication skills they lack leadership skills they lack relationship building skills so my thing is let's put them in a position to overcome that now so when they so when they get to let's say their, their 18 19 20s they they are beast with it and then they then they have a desire to either take on the family business or, or go ahead and launch their own and that, that's how you build generational wealth you know guys that that's it right there we and especially as us men as men of color gotta stop fighting each other i get you know with sports and we like to compete and all that but it is so vital that we create that generational wealth because you could listen i'll, I'll say it that's what the white folks do <laughs> you know that's what they do you go to any I, I came up wanting to be an nfl coach i wanted to work in the nfl and what i'd see is just like he's describing his little white boys taking out the Gatorade, taking the trash out, being ball boys, doing little things like that. And it's important that we do that. We got to build up ourselves and really, you know, recycle the black dollars, what I'm always talking about. It's so, so very important because the future, man, the future, and that's all we got. That's all we got. You got to stop being selfish, guys. You got to stop being selfish. So very important. And that, that really brings me into one of the, the main thing, a lot of the main thing, but one of the things I really want to get to is the connection that you have with self-publishing 30 days, because I, yeah. I got to give that company shout outs because I really feel like 
if you weren't with them, that we might have not connected. We might not just the message might, you know, might have gotten gotten lost. So I got to give Darren Palmer a shout out. Got to get on. Got to get you on the show at some point, bro. But you know, when did that connection happen, and how did how did that that connection kind of build up for you? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that I that I was able to I was blessed with the opportunity to get into uh, Breathe University with Dr. Eric Thomas, and so within that community were a host of sharp, ambitious entrepreneurs, people that was killing the game. And one of those people was Darren Palmer. And so Darren and I knew each other from a distance, really didn't know each other that well, but we knew each other from the fact that we were we were getting it, right? So I'm, I'm out in my mm-hmm. space as the LinkedIn locksmith. Darren was doing his speaking thing. And so fast forward to the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021, I'm having a conversation with a fraternity brother of mine who had recently earned his PhD. Uh, he had launched his consulting business in uh, September of 2020. Uh, he was the, the senior vice president of a major bank and had made a decision to make a transition. And so in talking to him, I said, you know, what's your goal for 2021? And he said, my desire is to become a published author. And so because I'm a connect, I'm a, I'm a master connector, I, I basically connected him with a sister out of Atlanta uh, to, to help them out. But unfortunately, that her uh, nor a representative from her organization reached out to my guy, right? They reached out to him. And so when we followed up, I said, no worries. I got somebody else in my network that I can connect with. And then I made the connection between him and Darren. Darren was in Key West dealing with some other business, you know, with some other authors. And he reached out to Marlon right away. And needless to say, fast forward it to, to now, Marlon's a published author. So as a result of that connection uh, that took place early 2021, uh, I decided that I was making a transition from the the career college I was at. This was March of uh, 2021. And right after I made that decision to go back being full-time with YB Connects, I ended up connecting with Darren again. And Darren said, based on the connection that you made between uh, Marlon and me, you have the skill sets that I'm looking for to serve as the president of sales for my company. I said, absolutely. And we joined forces from there. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been up, up since then, man. And so, you know, now we're engaging authors and aspiring authors through Clubhouse, through LinkedIn, through podcasting. You know, we're taking, we're taking road trips and, and, and supporting our authors at their book launches. You know what I'm saying? And we got some major things that we got going on, man. We've expanded. We've We've uh, uh, attracted uh, a president of, uh, of Latin America and uh, Canada. We've got a president over the Middle East and Africa. So we we are we are we are essentially maintaining our dominance as the number one self-publishing company in the world. And I'm excited to be a part of the squad. Yeah, it really is. It, it's one of those things, man. That. It, I always use the analogy of you take a rock, you throw it in the river and you see the ripple effect. Yeah. You know, that's what you guys have done. You know, me, Taj and I, you know, you guys, you li- regular listeners have heard how much we really like are like became like brothers. And it really was about books. We would mm-hmm. not have gotten out of that athlete mindset of I'm trying to impress the coach and all that if there wasn't books for he and I to share. Yeah. And when you have a company that's doing what you're doing, it's like throwing that rock in there and just allowing that ripple effect and allowing all these things to connect to where now us as black men can say reading is cool. 
This yeah. is a black man. I'm gonna put it out there. A black man that has the number one self-publishing company in the world. I'm gonna take you back to President Obama. You know, DNC goes, we have to eradicate the slander that says a black youth with a book is acting white. Mm -hmm. We are changing the and I'll say motherfucking game. We are yeah. changing the game, yeah. all right, to grow from that place. But we got to keep going. It's got to get better. It's got to get better. It's got to get, we cannot stop. We cannot stop the fight because at some point, all of us, we're going to grow old and it's going to be about our next generation of kids. Yeah. Keep fighting. I get it. You know, you, you're in your classroom now and you pick up a book or you're Google and, you know, you're not quote unquote cool. You're supposed to be just an athlete. Pick up a book, pick up a book and start to really feed your brain, feed your brain. And I'm telling you, you'll make some, you'll make more money than anybody can pay you. Yeah. I believe no that question. was, that was said in Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So again, man, you know, we could probably talk for literally hours and hours on this thing, but I do want to be very respectful of your time. Can you just yeah. tell people what they could be looking out for? What's next? I know you mentioned a, a new book coming out. So, you know, the floor is yours to kind of plug away. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to let folks know if you want to find me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me Rob YB Youngblood. That's YB Y in the B because some people might spell it a little differently, right? So YB, which is short for Youngblood, you can find me on LinkedIn. And so, you know, for me, what's going next is just putting people in a position to become published authors, you know, putting people in a position to tell their story. You know, I'm on a mission to ensure that, you know, specifically men, African-American men are able to tell their story and rob the grave. You know what I'm saying? Rob the grave because we go, you know, we got, we get all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all this insight. But if we don't put it in a book or we don't put it in an audio, then that information that dies with us. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to help, uh, you know, before the years, out, I'm looking to help at least 50 men uh, to become published authors, you know, and if women, women want to do that as well, I, I'm willing to help them and help them too. But I'm very much uh, excited about putting, you know, corporate leaders, entrepreneurs, members of the Divine Nine Greek letter organizations in a position to leave a legacy through writing uh, their best selling book, their best selling book. And so, you know, for those who want to reach out for me on that, uh, you mentioned earlier that I'm the LinkedIn locksmith. So I unlock the power of LinkedIn for entrepreneurs who uh, want to leverage LinkedIn to attract more sales and generate more uh, prospects. So if folks need help with that as well, you can reach me through LinkedIn on that as well. So I just want to appreciate the opportunity, man. I wish you all the best. I'm so excited and proud of you for the level up that you're doing. And listen, the best is yet to come for you, man. The best is yet to come. Hey, that's six second sales, the elevator pitch, bro. We, we, I've grown from that. I've grown from that for sure. Oh yeah. Six second elevator pitch, man. You know, I, 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 I coach women entrepreneurs uh, to create cash flow using LinkedIn, bro. Boom. That's 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 just one of my six second elevator pitches. So, you know, I teach that as well, man. I, lo I love I love teaching people the six second elevator pitch because it, it becomes a sense of pride for a person to be able to clearly promote what they do without people looking at them like, OK, you've been talking for two minutes. What do you do? You know what I'm saying? So kudos to right you up, on being able to master that skill and uh, for allowing me to, to, to coach into your life. Absolutely. absolutely. So, uh, once, this is what I do with all my guests. I'll close all my all the shows. So I want you to think back to, was it 20, about 20 years ago when you were considering going back to college and finishing, you were working that job. I'm sure life was getting rough on you 
go back to that person and think of what you would tell that person now as he's making that decision and we'll officially close with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, you, you think about it, man. We just celebrated 20 years of 9-11. And so I remember running away from the plumes of smoke down there in uh, the Wall Street district. You know what I'm saying? Like literally watching the buildings fall, you know? Um, so if I, if I had the opportunity to talk to that brother, I would tell him, listen, keep going, right? As a matter of fact, uh, uh, go for no. That's what I would tell him. Go for no, right? Go get as many no's as you can get early, right? Get them. Don't be afraid of the no's. You know why? Because every no uh, leads you to a yes. And I, and I challenge, I would challenge him. I would say to him, I say, listen, Rob, if I gave you $100 for every no you can get, how many no's could you get? And he would probably say, oh, as many as possible. I say, great. Get, get as many as possible, but understand that all you need is one yes. And that one yes will compensate you for all the no's that you got. Right. So get all the no's you can get because it's not a no. They're not saying no to you. They say no to the opportunity. So don't take the no's personal. Uh, and the reason why I would say that is because um, when you're in business, when you're in sales, most people hate sales because they hate to be told no. And that's because they don't realize what no means. It has nothing to do with you. It just means not right now. It just means next opportunity. It just means find something else to promote. So I would tell that person, go for no, uh, you know, go get, go get the, go through that adversity and you're going to be all right. No, next opportunity. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Uh, uh. What type of games being played? How's it going down? It's all to the scorn that I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Then I expect to give me an honey. Cause I just wanna give me the. I'm politicking with this chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. Little hood rap from 25th named Tamika coming through like I do. You know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411, size 7 and girls. Baby face would look like she was 11 with curls. Girlfriend, what? remember me from way back? I'm the same cat with the wave cat that my DNT used to be. Yeah, still here, so it's all good. Oh, you know my rich and them doing their thing on 35th day. It's a small hood, and it's all wood, so let me get that number. I get up, I hit you on the jack later on, see what's up. Talking to shorty made me wanna do something nice. What? Looking at that made me wanna do something tonight. What? And I know right when I see right. Shorty looking like she tight and she bite. Let her give a green light. Well, take my hands to being played. How's it going down? It's all till it's gone that I got to know now. Nothing, cause I got you, but you front uh -huh. I see you with your baby father, but it don't matter Since you gave me the that getting fatter uh -huh. Let that play daddy, make moves with me I done kept it more than real, boo, can't lose with me True, dirty smacked you, cause you said my name when y'all was Ran up on this cat, he thought was me and started flexing uh -huh. Yo, I ain't even with that, so he gon' have to get that That's on GP, tried to creep me, what? He that sleepy, you know strength for you? When I show kids daddy, I ain't gon' send him on his way Put him up in that big caddy, but let him know 
never mind, yo, I need you to go Take this up to 150 C, Joe, get that Come back with that, and we can split that Sit back, get that Whatever game to be in play, how's it doing that? It's on till it's gone, then I got no man Ha ha! 